Hi, my name is Anne McElhenney. And I'm Phil McAleer. And welcome to the Anne and Phil and Scoop. It is week 77, that's one year, six months, and one week since the two weeks to flatten the curve lockdown. It is. And it's 13 weeks since Hunter Biden used the N, we, sorry, since we discovered that Hunter Biden had used the N-word, and the mainstream media have decided not to cover that. This is the same mainstream media, by the way, that destroyed a young girl's whole career, her academic career. Her life. Uh, and her life, basically, because it was discovered that she had used the N-word when she was a teenager in a video that was some somehow reminiscent of... Uh, was of a rap ra- video. Of a rap video, was co- commenting on a rap yeah. video. And yeah, they took away her college um, admission. Yeah. So yeah, but Hunter Biden is, is different. So talking to Hunter Biden, we're getting very close to making the Hunter Biden movie, yes. My Son Hunter. We'll talk about that later, but, but really um, we're... We're in script conferences, we're in production conferences, we're going to start filming in Serbia in October. We've got some very interesting uh, casting announcements coming up. Robert Davi is going to direct, but there's going to be some very interesting actors and actresses uh, in the show. We still need your help to make it happen. So I know a lot of you have donated. I saw actually in the comments some of you said you donated last week. Thank you very much for that. So please go on the YouTube comments. Go Actually, I see people are now commenting again in the podcast. Go on the podcast app on your iPhone and listen to the podcast there. Leave a comment there. But, you know, and I saw people have donated. It's wonderful. We're, we're now... Uh, one point, I think one point six three seven one one million six hundred and thirty seven thousand. We need two point five million to make this project. This is the project budget. It's not a lot for a movie. Hollywood is spending oh tens of millions, tens on their of millions, propaganda. yeah, on their propaganda every month. So please go to mysonhunter.com. Let's get the truth out there. I think Joe Biden, the truth about Joe Biden's corruption, the truth about the Biden family corruption, the truth about the corruption of this administration needs to be revealed. And we need your help to do it. This this story was suppressed and censored before. With your help, the censorship stops now. So please help. And... MySonHunter.com and what else is on the show? And uh, we're going to be, in a few moments, we're going to be talking to Carol Tobias actually from the National Right to Life Committee uh, about what's happened in Texas. Very monumental, historic change in the yes. law there. Um, would would that be a historic change or a historical change, Anne? Sorry now, what's that now? Oh, uh, uh, the, the, our, our pedantic um, oh. producer. Pedan- I think that's what I'll call Magda now, the pedantic producer. Actually, it's not fair. I am pedant- fair. I'm pedantic as well. Alone. I'm pedantic as well. And I, to my eternal shame, I confuse the words historical with historic. We will also be hearing about Jay Leno, <laughs> how the mighty no, well, have fallen. Jay Leno caves to the bullies yes. and humour apparently is dead. Yes, and Chinaman, Chinaman. Doesn't do what a woman can. Look out, here comes the China climate man. Not great, though, but Phil, thanks very much for that. That, that is what we're going to be looking at China. And also in the show, Australia leads the world in extreme COVID regulations, but their hypocrisy is also world class. And of course, you can't tell the truth about COVID. Fat is not where it's at. Allegedly, even though it is. Uh, Crazy California. Uh, There is no law except for the law abiding. And as a result, a father loses an eye on a beach in Malibu. Um, um, and the governor's race is heating up here in California. And we look back at Gavin Newsom and as governor and ask, how was he ever elected in the first place? And we have a very super delicious and magnificent recipe that, uh, and a funny, funny story to go with that recipe, actually. It's kind of funny. Will yeah. I tell that quick story quickly? Because it's actually... No, no. Oh, right, okay. What's the story? Well, the story was what happened to me when I went to Costco to get the fish to make the tilapia. 
Oh, yeah. So I was making tilapia murnier. Murnier. I'm sure that's not how I'm meant to pronounce it, but it's a French way of cooking fish, particularly a little white fish. Could be used for Dover sole as well, but I decided to use tilapia. So I'm in Costco, and I don't know what it is about my demeanor, but when I'm in Costco, people ask me about the food I'm looking at and say, how would you cook that? And this happens to me quite a lot. Yes, I kind of like that, by the way. But anyway, I was uh, looking... You know, you, uh, there's the person giving out the samples, and there's a line at them, and then there's a line at the fish... A fish freezer where everyone's lined up to ask Anne and of course one woman asks how would you cook that and you start talking and everyone starts gathering around oh yeah it's very funny but anyway so this woman came up to me and said because I was looking at the tilapia and she says to me oh what's that like have you cooked that and I said to her okay I'm going to be really honest with you now I'm going to make a confession so now I'm going to make a confession to all of you please don't hate me after this don't judge me please don't judge me okay I then admitted to the woman that actually I buy tilapia for the cats. Yes, it's true. Now, listen, the price of it, by the way, right? It's less than $5 a pound. So they get a little bit of that in the evening as a way of getting them in. It's like the sushi course. Yeah, so it, it is actually, yeah, yeah. I get, I have huge, huge, huge container of it. And I put it into little packets and I take out a little part, part of it every night. And then they have this sushi course, which, by the yes, way, so I think we've heard that tabby cats... It's in their DNA to eat raw fish. So basically we have indoor outdoor cats and they're very often out and about just as it's turning dark. So we ring the bell and produce the, the, the sushi course. And normally they come bounding, but I have to say Scary Cat has been a little bit naughty recently and staying out all night. So we're, we're going to have to knock that out of them one way or the other. But anyway, because of this confession I had to make, I decided that I actually should cook tilapia and see what it's like. And by the way, I did, and it's fabulous. And I think you all well, know that. But very simple recipe for that. Um, we'll talk about that later. Okay, so now we're going to go over to Carl Tobias of the National Right to Life Committee. They're really, it's a, it's a, it's a historic time for abortion and abortion laws and the pro-life movement. Uh, and, uh, you know, there is a revolution afoot, and we'll go over now to talk to Carl Tobias about that. Well, hello. We are joined now by Carol Tobias, who is the president of the National Right to Life Committee and who we are very, very honoured to have. Welcome, Carol, to the programme. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on with you. Yeah, well, it's a particularly important time to talk to you, Carol, because of what's happened in Texas. Um, a very historic moment, actually, for the pro-life movement. And that's why we wanted to talk to you today. I suppose we want to start by, by asking you, what, what has happened? Well, Texas is trying something that is very novel, very new. Uh, we have seen over the years, if an abortionist is charged with guilty, uh, with some, some crime, um, you know, he goes to court and there may or may not be a penalty. Uh, it's, you know, if, if it's a jury trial, is the jury going to be interested in punishing this doctor who says he is only trying to, you know, help women? Well, this is something that is very different. It takes abortion out of the criminal penalty area and attaches civil penalties. Now, what is unique about this is that it is not the state government, the governor, attorney general, health department, anything like that. It is not the state medical board. Um, it is private citizens that will be enforcing the law. So if someone has reason to believe or has evidence that an abortion was performed in Texas after the heartbeat could be detected, that private citizen can file a lawsuit against the abortionist, the abortion provider. If there's an organization that paid for the abortion, um, they can file a lawsuit. And the amount in the state law that has been set is that if this is found to be true, uh, 
that private citizen can actually get $10,000 in claims or in fees, penalties from the uh, person that was sued. This law, in effect, comes in if, if an abortion is performed after six weeks. So it outlaws abortions after six weeks. Is that correct? Yes, yes. The uh, abortionist is supposed to perform an ultrasound or some, you know, use um, medical technology, the technology that is available to determine whether or not there is a heartbeat. And we do know that the heartbeat is detectable by at least six weeks into the pregnancy. What practical effect does that have? Have abortion clinics now closed in Texas? Is, 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 is abortion over in Texas? And how many abortions are, do you know how many abortions there are in Texas every year? Uh, there are roughly 54, 55,000 abortions per year in the state. Uh, the abortionists are saying that this could uh, affect up to 85, maybe even 90% of all abortions that would not be allowed under this law. Um, I think the practical effect is that abortionists are not going to want to mess with their pocketbook. Uh, quite frankly, I believe a lot of them are in this because it's a huge money-making business. You've got abortionists who will travel from state to state uh, you know, filling in a day or two at, at various um, facilities in various states we because that. they're make they're making money. Yeah. So this yeah. way, by by letting the people go after them, um, hitting their pocketbook is probably going to be. I mean, I would hope it's certainly an effective way of making them stop. Yeah, well, we certainly know that from from Kermit Gosnell when uh, the mm -hmm. cops raided his house. There was two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in cash. Um, in the house, which yeah. is he owned 18 homes, but also he was a he was an abortion doctor for hire because he did abortions in Philadelphia, but he also yeah. did abortions in Delaware, uh, you know, a day here, a day yep. there. So that you're right, there are these traveling abortion doctors uh, who do that. Um, but but can can you explain to us then? So what's happened in the Supreme Court? So the Supreme Court refused to hear this case. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, the law, usually if you file a lawsuit, you file against the people that would be enforcing it. So the normal uh, procedure in abortion cases is to file a lawsuit against usually the attorney general of the state who is responsible for enforcing laws. But here, the attorney general does not have any authority to enforce the laws. So the abortionists didn't really have anybody that they could go after. You know, they can't stop everybody in Texas from filing a lawsuit against them. So the courts were kind of looking at how do we do this? I mean, I think quite frankly, I think we're going to have a lot of judges and lawyers probably kind of scratching their heads trying to figure it out. And the Supreme Court decided that this is still too early. It's still new. There's been no cause of action that it was too early for them to get involved. So they just did nothing. You know, the, the, what's got the left really excited and what's got Hollywood really excited and all our neighbors out here in California very excited uh, is excited I mean in a bad way really angry and, and upset yeah. is that the Supreme Court has said we're not looking at this case but that doesn't mean this case is not going before the courts that does not mean that that this is over by any stretch of the imagination is that right oh it's not over by any means uh, this is going to be going before probably a local federal district court judge it will eventually go before the fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals um, you know, it may take a couple of weeks, it could take months, you know, we just months, years, we just really, I'm not sure anybody has any idea for sure how it's all going to turn out. But right now, so but right now, all these facilities then in Texas are shuttered. Is that correct? Is that what your information is? Yes. 
They should not be doing abortions because they will have charges filed against them uh, by in private individuals in Texas. So what's the mood in the pro-life movement at the moment? Is there is there jubilation? Is there a sense of excitement? Is there nervousness? Have you overreached? Is, you know, um, I'm sure there's I'm sure it's all of the above. Um, Certainly, we know that now tens of thousands of babies could be protected in Texas. Uh, So that is new and that is certainly exciting. Um, I'm sure there are going to be some who say you, you know, went too far. Uh, this is going to backfire because the pro-abortion side maybe had some people who didn't really care, didn't really believe that we were serious about saving those babies. So they might be you know, fighting back harder. Um, I think a lot of this actually could be played out in the 2022 elections. Uh, this is going to be a major issue, you know, regardless of Afghanistan and the budget and everything else. I think abortion is going to be a, a real issue. Um, But we've seen pro-lifers so excited because this is now a huge victory. Uh, They maybe have been tired and, you know, kind of wondering how how long this is going to last. Maybe this is a new avenue that, you know, some places are going to be able to protect babies this way. I think a lot of it will depend on the local judges, because usually if you have an abortion case, the abortionists can find a judge who will strike it down and they will find some reason so it may not work everywhere, um, but it's certainly an interesting uh, idea, and you know, I guess we're kind of waiting to see how it plays out. Yeah, you say it's been a, it's been a long road, you know, fifty years of abortion mm-hmm. in America, legal abortion in America. You know, you've had some wins, but you've had a lot of losses too. And there have there have been. Yeah, and the court, mood- court cases and elections, and you know, certainly the the number of babies that have been killed the mothers that have been harmed. And I think, is it true to say that Joe Biden is the most pro-abortion president that that there has ever been in American history? Is that fair to say? Yes, it is. He has gone absolutely crazy um, trying to overturn the Hyde Amendments that our tax dollars are going to be used to pay for abortions, actually trying to overturn the Helms Amendment so that we are now going to be funding abortions overseas in other countries through groups like International Planned Parenthood. And we had Bill Clinton who came in saying abortion should be safe, legal and rare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the abortion industry hates that because if it should be rare, that means there's a problem. So, uh, yeah, the, the current abortion advocates, uh, the, the crazy people out there pushing for abortion on demand for any reason through all nine months of pregnancy um, is actually the mainstream voice in the abortion movement right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got the legislation passed in New York. And maybe it was in California as yep. well, where you can now have an abortion up to nine up months. Up to nine months for, yep. for, for any flim- reason. For the flimsy. Yep. You know, it's not the any reason, but it's the flimsiest reason. It's, it's a reason that can be expanded into, you know, it's kind of legalized. Right. Um, oh, we're, we're, we've got these conditions, but the conditions are so vague that it is actually any reason uh, in, and, in reality. And we've got people who could, would maybe be considered medical ethicists who aren't by any means saying that if there is a reason that you could get an abortion before birth and that child has the same problems or you have the same reasons, that they don't see anything wrong with post-birth uh, um, abortions. I mean, it's just, it's going, it's going way too crazy. You know, well, supposedly the, the crazy ones, but they, they really are. One of the, one of the, I think one of the really great benefits, by the way, of what's happened in Texas that I, because um, is, I think it's really important that people I, I, I think it's amazing the number of people who don't know that a baby has a heartbeat at seven weeks. Yep. Even that information getting out nationally, I think will give people pause. It's like, what? 
a heartbeat. And I think what, what has been achieved by the pro-life movement is to focus on what it is that you're destroying. And I think that for too long, pro, Planned Parenthood have been you know, very successful at keeping that information out of the mainstream. So this is something that I think is really useful also about this, what's happened in Texas. Well, when you've got social media now where you can show pictures of the developing baby at the different stages of pregnancy, that has just done so much to help the pro-life movement get the message out. These aren't just a little blob of tissue until all of a sudden at you know, six or seven months, the baby appears. Um, so that we are having a huge impact in people learning more about that unborn child. But you're right, there are still so many who do not know how early the baby's heart is beating and then the you know, brainwaves begin and the fingerprints and, and all, all the wonderful stuff that happens during the development stage. It's going to have an enormous effect on other things. I mean, did you see the, the Twitter guy yesterday who, uh, let's oh, yes. tweet up, you know, expressing his horror that um, that this was going to lead to a rise in Down syndrome people. I saw Texas. that. Yeah. Um, you know, and people don't know or people it's, it's one of the it's not really talked about 80 or 90 percent of Down syndrome babies are aborted. Babies are aborted for having cleft palates. Uh, uh, other just just for, for being different in so many ways, uh, diversity is not our strength. I and think, and by the way, when and, it comes to that, and also being aborted for being the wrong sex because you know we just wanted a girl now. Diversity, um, diversity right. is not our strength, as I say. So so th- this is going yeah. to uh, have an uh, an uh, an influence on that. It's going to mean there are going to be more Down syndrome babies probably uh, born. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is it's going to be a bit of a a, 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 it's going to mess with a lot of people's minds. Uh, <laughs> it will. Which, in a good way, I think. In a very good way. Yeah. Well, what, I, what I'm starting to see and hear more is, well, rich women will be able to leave the state and get their abortion somewhere. So you are disproportionately impacting women of color and low-income women. And I'm thinking, okay, do you realize you're also saying that the babies of poor women or women of color should be killed, that they would be better off. Um, And and I think as a pro-life movement, we need to be ready to respond. We've got pregnancy centers, you know, several thousand all over the country that are ready and willing and able to help the women through a difficult time in their lives. I truly believe if if we would make abortion illegal, most of the people in the pro-life movement would turn around and, and help the pregnancy centers and help the women to get through that time. But we do have to be prepared to help help them out um, in you know some of them in difficult situations and they don't know if they can raise this child on their own. Do, you know, do they need to consider adoption or do we help them in various ways? Um, so there's a lot lot of different things that do need to be looked at. But the bottom line is we need to do everything we can to save those babies. And I think the Texas law is a great start, a great way to do that. There's no fear that maybe Texas is overreached, that 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 uh, it's too soon, that, you know, that we could lose elections, you could lose elections, you could, uh, courts could knock it back, that this may be a, a perfect victory. Is that a fear? That I, would, I don't know if I'd say it's a fear, it's certainly a possibility. But I think this has also energized pro-life people, you know, that maybe had kind of thought, you know, this is going to take another many, many years, and I'm not ready for that this is now suddenly waking them up that there are elected officials 
who will take a stand and will do something that is going to have a huge impact. Um, and, and I think, you know, the other side certainly is going to be working, but but so are we. Is this going to, is this law going to be passed in any other states? Are you hearing rumblings or, you know, is that, is it just a Texas thing or is it duplicated? Oh, I have no doubt that there are legislators in other states that will be looking at this as to whether or not it's something they can do in their state. Um, and, you know, can they get it passed in their legislatures? Uh, do they have the local judges that will immediately strike it down like they do at almost every other law that's passed? Mm -hmm. So there will be a lot to consider. But, yeah, I have no doubt that there are many states that are, you know, at least thinking about it. Probably coming to the end of the interview now, but one thing I wanted to ask was, there is a, an abortion case coming to the Supreme Court next year, isn't that correct? And a lot of people are looking at that as so. Roe v. versus Wade was passed by the Supreme Court fifty years ago. I've looked at Roe v. Wade. I can't see the constitutional basis for it. There is, it's a made-up constitution. I mean, it, no matter what your opinion on abortion is, there, there's just no constitutional basis for Roe v. Wade. Um, the, you know. Can you tell us what that Supreme Court um, case next year? What 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 are they? What's the argument there? Uh, but also, is it is it going to? Could it possibly overturn Roe v. Wade and 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 make abortion illegal in America? Well, first of all, the Supreme Court can pretty much do what they want when it comes to something like this. Uh, the case is coming out of Mississippi. Uh, it's Dobbs v. Jackson, and the only state question that the Supreme Court said they were going to address with this case is whether states can protect babies before viability. Now, the Mississippi law says abortions are not allowed after 15 weeks. Uh, viability, although it started at you know 26, 28 weeks, is now down to you know 24, 22, and sometimes even younger. You know, we hear mm -hmm. those cases. Mm -hmm. So they're going to decide whether or not states can protect babies before 15 weeks. So, you know, it's going to be interesting now. Texas is saying we're protecting babies at roughly six weeks after the heartbeat can be heard. Uh, the court, you know, may just answer the question, period. Uh, they can um, actually use this to overturn Roe. I don't know if they will. Too many attorneys have told me never speculate because you never know what the Supreme Court's going to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, but, but, it's six weeks, Texas, 15 weeks, Mississippi. The court knows that the people are, are getting agitated and want some change. We want to protect babies. And what the courts have been doing for the last 50 years is not acceptable. I would urge people uh, not to depend on the Supreme Court to sort their problems out for them. We've got, we've got conservative judges who, who seem to think that half of Oklahoma is an Indian reservation. We've got a conservative judge who a so-called conservative judge who recently in a judgment you know that you're not allowed to discriminate on the basis of sex as written in the 1960s he decided that that meant uh, that if you were gay your sexuality and and so they will twist and turn uh words to suit to suit and and mm -hmm. these people are all in dc now and the swamp is very powerful uh it so, is it's, it would be wrong to focus to, to put put all your hopes in the Supreme Court basket. I think if you that would be want... true, but we do need to pray for them. Yeah, you know, yeah. pray for the wisdom of Solomon. We, and I, as I said, I think it's really important that people um, that this cases like this remind people of the reality of abortion by just beginning to mention even the number of weeks and and heartbeat. And things yeah. like viability, words like viability and people, you know, people who we're trying to target 
with this information will hear that and hopefully ask themselves some questions that they've never asked before. Because I think one of the, the enemy of truth is the enemy um, of the pro-abortion movement. And uh, they've been very effective at keeping the truth away from people. I mean, we've had arguments with people. I've had an argument with, you know, with very informed people who tell me that, you know, no, you can't have an abortion past the first trimester in America. And I'm like, I don't know what I have to do here to, you know, do I have to get the statutes? But people don't know. And I think it's a huge success of the plan of Planned Parenthood that they've kept people in ignorance. But people like yourself, Carol, um, you're you're doing that hard work of making people find out the truth. And this this is an amazing moment for for the for the argument um, of of life. and so we're, we'll watch and hope and pray that something good will come out of this. Absolutely. Okay, Carol, we're, uh, thank you very much. We're going to wrap up now, but we ask all our guests, as, 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 as our listeners know, we ask all our guests two questions that we're always very interested in hearing the answer of. First one is, what's your favorite recipe? What, what are you known for? Are you a cook? What are you known for? What's the one that everyone wants you to make, the, the dish that everyone wants you to make? And the second thing is, What's your favorite piece of art, poem, movie, work of art? So, Song. so are you a cook, Carol? Do do we see you in the kitchen? And uh, what does that? What's your favorite thing to make? And what do people ask for? I do like to cook. Um, my office mates usually, when we have a gathering, ask for my potato salad. Mm. It's something I got from my mother, but it doesn't have a recipe. You just have to throw everything together until it tastes right. And I think my husband would say that my best item here at home is uh, green chili cheese enchiladas. Although I do throw hamburger ground beef in with it as well. Um, But we love green chili and have our freezer full of it so we can use it all year round. That sounds great. That sounds great. And what about the piece of art then? Is there, is there a piece of art that inspires you or that you love that you'd love to tell us about? A friend that I went to school with many years ago has drawn a picture of Jesus holding an aborted baby in his hand with a teardrop coming down his face. And that has just always struck me as looking at the heart of our Lord and knowing that his, he's crying because so many of his children, his creation are being killed. On a lighter note, um, for art, if you're talking movies, I would say the sound of music. I love music. I listen to it. I play it. I just, I love music. And for whatever reason, that, that title and that movie itself just really hits home for me every yeah, time I see it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's great. It's a joy. Uh, it's a joy to listen to. And actually, unlike a lot of modern musicals, uh, for example, La La Land, etc., it's not afraid to be a musical. There's a lot of songs in the sound right. of music. <laughs> yes, I find a are. lot of musicals nowadays, they throw in a few songs at the beginning and then... I think they lose their nerve. I think there's this thing. People don't like musicals anymore. We're not, you know, they just, musicals are like, it's a, it's a, it's a common uh, theme in our society. Uh, People are afraid. People are always worried about thought about being old fashioned or not being edgy. So musicals have to be something else other than musicals. I could, I can confess that I quoted the sound of music on our wedding day. Do you remember that film? He's going to say now he doesn't really? remember that. I quoted the sound of music, the song, so, and I said, somewhere in my youth or childhood, I must have done something good. Something right. <laughs> I that. I That's, wonderful. That. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Is that not sung by the girl who married a Nazi, who fancied a Nazi? No? Uh, Maria? 
No, not she, Maria. The, 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 who, no. Yeah, who sang that? <laughs> the, the oldest daughter who, yes. wa- who was in love with a, not, a man who turned out to be a Nazi. I thought no, 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 Maria I'm sorry. sang that. No, no you're Maria, right. I think I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was, that was Maria and the captain. Maria sang that to the yes. captain. So, I should know that. I'm, so I'm back ashamed. off with your back off with the Nazi references there, Phil. No, and uh, okay. you, you don't want to be putting yourself in that position anyway. Thank you very much, Carol, for making and time we'll for us today. Yeah. I think we'll be talking to you again. I think we'll be talking to you again. Yes, that would be great. All right, great. happy. Thanks to do so it. much. Thank you, Carol. You're welcome. That was great. Yes. That was a really good interview. Um, and actually, you you have another story, by the way, Phil. Right? Yes. About, so the Sierra Club decided that they had to say something about what's happened But you know what, I mean, I mean, it's true, and I've always said it, at the root of the environmental movement, there's an anti-human aspect, that humans are a virus, that humans are the problem. Yes. Uh, but I never expected um, the Sierra Club to weigh in on a Texas Supreme Court. Like the Texas, the, the Sierra Club puts itself forward as a as a reasonable conservation group. So this is the comment from Leslie Fields, the Sierra Club's director of policy, advocacy, and legal, whatever, right? And she said, "Today is a dark day for all people who call Texas home and our collective civil liberties. It is unconscionable that the Supreme Court has refused to honour the right to abortion of millions of people. The nation's highest court has a responsibility to respect precedent, uphold the Constitution and protect the rights guaranteed therein for all people who call this country home. A responsibility this decision fails to uphold. Yada, yada. I mean, uh, she goes on, but... Look. Oh, I love this, by the way. I love how she goes on. All people deserve the right to live, you know, in healthy and whatever, whatever, whatever. All people deserve the right to live. The big question here for you, you know, legal expert for the Sierra Club is people... Hmm. Humans. A human's not part of the environment. Yeah, but also, um, what, what's, a, what's a human exactly? You know, um, you have to be, I suppose you have to be, you have to be got, gone home in a pram before if it was, if you're it was a, a If it was a pregnant mountain lion. Oh, they'd be all up in arms. There would be videos and they could all get tagged and, you know, there's millions of dollars spent well, the way, preserving the lives of mountain lions, pregnant mountain lions, by the way, who are now attacking people in California because there's so many of well, them. Well, I think vegans, by the way, um, have a problem you know, with even eating an egg, right? Yeah, or milk. Or, or, or milk, you know. So they that's what they care about. That's what matters to them. Yeah. Extraordinary. So Jay Leno, it's very sad. Jay Leno, great comedian. And uh, he now says, according to the meal, Jay Leno now says, cancel culture is a fact of life and comedians have to change with the times or you die. die. Following criticism from Gabriel Union, Gabrielle Union for Asian jokes on uh, Americans he, got talent. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's now, he's apologized. Humor is over, basically, unless, of course, you're Anne McElhinney and you are a stand up comedian. Um, we'll put a link to Anne's stand up routine. Thank you. Um, which was, she was there with a lot of professional comedians and everyone, the, the consensus, uh, much as I don't like the consensus very often, but the consensus at this event was that Anne was the best on the night so a little bit of language let's be honest oh yeah if you're if you've got sensitive ears or you don't like adult content probably best not to listen yes um if the liberals are 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 giving up on humor it's it's a market niche well it's funny I actually made this point to film the other day that actually you know I don't see the onion much anymore I used to see the onion onion headlines everywhere all over the place and you don't see the onion so much anymore but you do see the Babylon Bee and I think another a simple explanation for that is the fact that on the left 
the humor's dead. That's you know everything is far too. You can't possibly make a joke about anything anymore because everything is so everyone's so sensitive. So the right actually have a massive opportunity to you know to make fun of this madness, of this lunacy, of this craziness. Um, and you know most days you feel like crying, but actually we should we should also laugh. It's a great way, by the way, of disarming the other side yeah. if you laugh yeah. at them yeah. and you call out their. Idiocy, and we're going to be doing a little bit of that today, by the way, because um, tell us a little bit about film about <laughs> about what's going on in China, 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 China. China man. China. Well, China is. But don't uh, sing film. But that was lovely, though. Thanks for the trying and the effort and all of that. What? About, tell me about the Chinese. Then what? What? What's the latest with them? Oh, well, I wouldn't want to offend your delegate ears by telling you that. If, if if my voice if my voice does my voice offend ye? Offend thee? No, I'm. Am I not I a rose? Did I not prick me? Do I not bleed? China bans sissy men on TV. That's yes. a great headline. Where is yes. this? And this is from the AP, by the way. Associated this Press. This is from the Associated Press. A campaign, campaign to promote revolutionary culture also targets vulgar internet celebrities. So the China's government has banned supposedly effeminate men on TV and told broadcasters Thursday to promote revolutionary culture, broadening a campaign to tighten control uh, over businesses, society, and fish, uh, and enforce official morality. It sounds a bit like American TV, actually. Um, Back in the day, no, no, now all with all the wokeness. Uh, only it's uh, it's only the, only it's kind of the opposite of it in the sense. There's nothing but girly men on on, on American TV. But I think what's going to be really interesting about this is suddenly. Well, Hollywood so far have been very compliant when China has asked for things. Yes. So are girly men in trouble now because of the Chinese demand? Very possible. We're going to see a lot of Bruce Willis style movies now being made by Hollywood. That'd you know? be great. I love the, Bruce and I mean the old Bruce Willis. Like I know the old Bruce Die Willis. Die Hard. My you mother know? loved Bruce Willis. She loved those Die Hard films. Yeah. They were great entertainment, by yes. the way. And talking of uh, girly men, uh, John Kerry. Oh, Phelan. Nice segue there. Talking of girly men, oh, why the long face? I love that. I love that with John Kerry. Why the long face, John? Yes, go on ahead. Tell uh, I think us about he's John the climate Kerry. envoy for the United States. He, he, is. he urges China to step up climate efforts, and China's just laughing at him. But anyway, full engagement by Beijing is needed to solve the crisis, said John Kerry during visit. And they just laughed. Is this the same John Kerry that flies around the place in a private jet? Yes. Is that the same people like, I mean, there's so many of these hypocrites. Remember we made a series, we made a series. Called the Hypocrites. Called the Hypocrites series, which you can find, by the way, on YouTube. And we'll put links up to all these big climate hysteric leaders who then fly around the world in private jets. I just saw a recent one on Twitter with Bloomberg. Bloomberg and um, and Michael Bloomberg, by the way, has a, a charity called Bloomberg Philanthropies. Well, he does, and he spends tens of millions of dollars all the time, not even annually, but like by the month, on climate awareness and climate hysterical messaging. While all the while flying around the world in a private jet himself, so he obviously doesn't think it's true. No. So what he's doing no, they is don't actually think it's true. he doesn't think it's true. He's just doing virtue signaling. Yes. Um, these are terrible people. Well, he also exercising control over over the, the plebs, which they love. Because it's a terrible thing, you know. If you thought it was true, if you did think we were all about to die and the climate yeah. was about to collapse, you wouldn't go in a private jet because that's one of the worst things you can possibly mm-hmm. do, right? So he's doing one of the worst things you can possibly do. So there's no way that he sincerely believes it's a problem. No, no, no he you, you just wouldn't do it, right? No, no. no. And I get that, you know, it's like he's, that thing of... He's like killing thing, people. He would like be killing point, people. It's like that point I make to you, Phil, about, like, like 
you know, people who are vegetarian because they love animals, right? And mm. I just think, I get that. I totally get that. I could see that happening to me. Not just yet, but when you, when you have pets, you start to really think about that. And you think, God, I could really see myself becoming, that, becoming a vegetarian. And I think people who are Wait, vegetarian... Are you considering eating the pets? No, but you know what I mean. By the way, that's what Jay Leno had to apologize for. He made all these jokes about Chinese people eating dogs, Asians eating dogs. Eating dogs. By the way, it's not a joke. Like it's, you no, know. it's not a joke. It's true. It's true. But by the way, that's the thing about humor, by the way. Can I say, as a comedian myself, you know, I'm a stand-up comedian. I did it once, so now I can talk with authority. Uh, that's the thing about um, the best humor. The best humor is the truth. Right? Yes, yes. The best humor. I mean, part Truth. of part of my comedy routine. One of, part of I think one of bar, best parts of my comedy routine was I did a whole thing. It was all about COVID, and I was doing about how people behaved in Trader Joe's during the COVID, during the pandemic, mm. at the height of the pandemic. And my one of my jokes, which I think is a very funny joke, is that it was a very interesting um, experiment, actually, for a very interesting consumer survey, if you like, for for organizations like Trader Joe's and you know, um, like. Uh, like Ralph's and any mm-hmm. big supermarkets because basically people were under the impression that they were about to die we were all going to die so we're going to have to stay in the house and eat whatever we had including you know eventually mm-hmm. the pe- the pets probably right talking which, could, uh, talk- uh, 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 which moment Top Cat has just Top made it hop along hop along poor with his poor along, leg with his poor leg but basically I made the point it was very funny you went into Trader Joe's and there was loads and loads of nothing you know mm-hmm. shells and shells of nothing like no yeast you couldn't get yeast you couldn't get flour and then there was like loads Loads of something. And I was like looking at what was there loads of? And there was loads of things that no one likes to eat. Right? Yeah. Like salmon paleo. Burgers. Paleo. Was it paleo? Chocolate hummus or something? Oh, horrible. Chocolate hummus. But then people wrote about the chocolate hummus. Anyway, I made a joke about that. Now, Philem, where are we going now? What was the next thing? You, were oh, you want to tell a story about Australia, were you? No, you want to tell the I story. I want to tell a story about Australia. Are we yes. ready to tell a story about yes, Australia? Yes, we are ready to tell the story. Really funny. And Magda now has lost her chair. The producer has lost her chair because Mr. Topcat, Top otherwise, wandered, known, wandered, otherwise known as Hopalong at the moment. Wandered across the camera and wandered over and sat in her chair. And she's nervous now because he's got this broken leg thing she's nervous to, to pull him and, he's all right he'll be fine but just very gently lift him up there magda and you can actually like, lift him you can la- lift him but she, yes. he's kind of leaking out the side god help oh him god, with the thing yeah. he's got the, oh, god. oh i want to ask people cats and cages oh yes so uh, top cat's leg is not fusing the way it should and because it's two months later by because the way. he's jumping off tables and sort of it's just not so i'm considering putting him in a cage for a few weeks or a month a crate what, what but should I put him in a small crate? Should I put him in one of those... Ca- I looked at cages on the internet, but they've all got these... He'll go nuts. These all, well, I don't... You know, if his leg heals... They've all got these heights where the cat can sit, but that means he's going to jump off that and damage his leg again. So maybe... I'd, I'd like your advice. How can I stop? Look, there he is. There he is jumping He just up. jumped up yeah, on the table. Yeah, I don't think he came up on the camera. Jumping up on the table is not the problem. Jumping down from the table is the yeah. problem. It okay. doesn't allow his leg, to, his broken leg to heal. Anyway, so, I want to tell her talk talk about Australia. So Australia, as many of you know, and by the way, I made this point the other day to you, Philem. I mean, it's really awful. This story of what's going on in Australia and the severity of the lockdown and the way that the people's civil liberties are being just completely trampled on is not being reported around the world at all. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for the Daily Mail, we wouldn't know any about this. And our, obviously we have fans in Australia who are telling us about this as well. Really terrible. And we are really sympathetic to everyone mm-hmm. out there who is, who is living under I'm, these I'm awful a, conditions. So I'm a little bit distracted. I just want Top to be showing anything vulgar to the to the audience. To the camera. Is, is he okay there, Magda? Okay, tell us about, tell us about so Australia. So basically, yeah, so Australia, I mean, it's really terrible. And now I think it's New South Wales are asking people, or is it Victoria, are asking people to download an app where they will be randomly... 
contacted by the authorities to say, where are you? And take a photograph of yourself in the location that you're at to prove that you're actually in that location. And, and that you haven't left the house. And that you haven't left the house. Really horror, frightening stuff, right? So in the midst of all this, and they are really stopping people, they're cl- they've closed the board. I mean, by the way, borders, like the, the, the borders in Australia. I thought Australia was the one thing, but now apparently they've got these states and the states are have borders. And right. I just read a story the other day, by the way, I told you about that film. I have a two-year-old child, a two-year-old, yeah. who has been separated now for nearly a year from his mother and father because he was visiting his grandparents. And, the, you know, they, they imposed the lockdown. Horrible stuff going on. But of course, trust, you know, trust our elites and the, be- the people who know better to do this kind of thing. So here's the headline from the Daily Mail. So in the midst of all that nonsense that's going on in Australia... You can't leave your house. You can't leave your house. Cops imposing brutal lockdown in Sydney's west side are caught throwing a party at their police station for... For for for, uh, for, for pensioners, for... Someone's birthday. For orphans. For orphans, for... No, no. For LGBTQIA awareness. And by the way, special prizes for anyone who knows what all of those letters stand for. Police officials are reviewing a staff party held at a Western Sydney station in July while the city was under strict lockdown to determine if public health orders were breached. I think think they were. Was it necessary to have an LGBTQIA party? I don't think so. Awareness. 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 On Friday, more than a dozen employees of Mount Druitt Police Area Command gathered together in a brightly decorated common room to share buffet platters of food. Oh yeah, buffet, uh, sharing food, right? Pictures from the event posted online show staff around a party table at the station located in one of 12 COVID-hit LGAs of concern. Well, I don't know what Local LGA. government areas, Oh, probably. there you are, film. As they celebrate Wear It Purple Day to support LGBTQIA community. And by the way, no social distancing there, Phil, I'm no, right? No, no, no. And you can see them with these are people, sharing These food. are the people bursting into people's houses and sending them, uh, demanding that they prove that they haven't left their home. I mean, it's just... It's, oh, it's madness. madness. And here's part of what they said on Facebook, you know. Happy Wear It Purple Day. Follow your rainbow and start the conversation. A Facebook post by, um, yeah. the, by the... They're Druid just lying P- hypocrites. Yeah. And talking of lying hypocrites... You're not allowed now to tell the truth. So the CEO of Sweetgreen, who makes pretty poor um, salads, salads yeah, I, in my opinion, maybe Magda would would uh, Sweetgreen salads. Yeah. yeah, she's not impressed. Yeah, I could definitely. Cat needs to stop doing? making that noise. And, and to, what? Yeah, he's just it's walking okay. through, he's, he's walking walk. over the equipment. Anything yeah. could happen now. So the CEO of Sweetgreen to put a post on LinkedIn. By the way, LinkedIn is one of the few places where your your posts are not censored at the moment, but that will change. Oh, interesting. It's a, it's a great place for influencing, actually. A lot of people uh, under uh, don't really know much about LinkedIn, but there's a lot of great and interesting stuff there. Mm. Uh, he said, uh, he suggested outlawing junk food. Uh, uh, and he said, first of all, there's a huge connection between COVID deaths and obesity, which there is. And oh no, which they are. I mean, we have we did when we were having the, the kind of daily COVID updates, yeah, film, a, like we were, you know, we were highlighting stories where they would, you know, and they'd have these dramatic headlines. Healthy. 40, tw- for, no, well, we didn't quite say that. They'd say 14 year old boy dies. You know, there was the, the little yeah. young man in Northern Ireland, we remember died, but there was other children as well around around the world, by the way, who died. And then there'd be a photograph further down in the story. And the child, the young person would yeah. be morbidly obese. Or, and or, that wasn't being pointed out in the story. Or, you know, 40. Two-year-old father of five days, and I'm looking at him. He's just enormous. So there is there's a, there's a connection between obesity and and COVID deaths. But anyway, he said we should outlaw junk food and take this seriously. And he was branded fatphobic, and he has 
pulled the post from LinkedIn because you're not allowed to tell the truth and you will be cancelled if you try. And he uh, says, he only says, you know, I, I, um, I thought he wanted to be, he says, I wanted to make some points. I wanted to be a thought starter, but you're not allowed to start people thinking in America nowadays. So crazy California. And oh I mean, this story is unbelievable. I mean, so I don't uh, even know this story. Yes. From, so you have to so tell what me about caught this. my eye was Family of five attacked by two homeless people on beach in Malibu. Dad loses eye. Oh my god! And that's in where, Malibu. In Malibu. But sure, we have loads of friends who will be Malibu. walking along the beach in Malibu. I mean, and I don't mean this. You know, if you get your car broken into in Malibu, you're you're shocked. Like this is one of the safest places on the planet, allegedly, until they decided not to enforce the law and not to tell people you can't camp on the beach. And uh, the, the, they got rid of the, the the camping in Venice when Sheriff Villanova, uh, who's the sheriff of Los Angeles, went in and said, I am going to clear this place by the 4th of July. And suddenly they found actually that the law did allow them to uh, clear these encampments. And so they don't enforce the law. The law is only enforced uh, for people who are law-abiding like us. I mean, we haven't told people, but this garage, we've been told this garage is illegal. We've been told the patio where we cook every day is illegal, but you can park in an RV uh, if you're homeless for months, for years on edge. Oh, yeah, no, totally. There's there's cars parked down the street there for years. No, there's actually, uh, what's happening in California, and particularly where we are in Southern California, is that the laws are prejudiced in favour of the lawless. Yes. Right, does that make sense? They're prejudiced in favour of the lawless. So if you're, like, we parked the car outside, you remember that, for like a millisecond one day here, or somebody called, whatever it was, I can remember. And it was like $300, just like that. However, you can come in your RV from everywhere, anywhere you like in the country, and park wherever you really like around here. But also, and and building an encampment out onto the pavement where the people in wheelchairs can't get past. Oh yeah, There's nothing there. So this father has lost an eye now. And then Sheriff Villanova posted a tweet and he, and he 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 tells you what happened he says on the 16th of april 2021 a homeless 32 year old uh, male hispanic male threatened an la los angeles sheriff's deputy with a knife oh, wow. as he patrolled encampments on the beach the sub the suspect was subsequently arrested four days later the suspect was released and the district attorney Gascon. Oh, Gascon. Only filed a misdemeanor charge for threatening a deputy with a knife. Oh, my God. On the 29th of August, that same same suspect, and this is Sheriff Villanova tweeting this, in the same area, terrorized a family with a machete. He slashed a father of two multiple times and left him to bleed out. That is the man who lost an eye. Oh, dear. So that is a direct result of our DA who doesn't want to put anyone in prison. And he released that guy out, and now a father of five has lost an eye. Oh my God, that's a terrible! And story. the children saw him being oh, attacked yeah. with a oh machete. Oh God, that's terrible! What a frightening! What a, that's terror! That's 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 terrorizing. That's, that's right. That's terrorism. That's right. That's the very definition of terrorism. And by the way, talking of terrorists, actually, no, this isn't a segue at all. By the way, but um, people people are uh, you know we're, a lot of people are focused across America. People are focused really on this recall election that we have going on here, where Gavin Newsom is being recalled and potentially. Larry Elder could become the Gavin. Larry the, Elder, according to the LA Times, who is the, uh, the black, the black white, face of white, white supremacy, supremacy, could become the next governor of California. But people are saying, you know, Larry Elder, you know, he's not qualified. He's not qualified. And I'm thinking, you know something? A 14-year-old child from a high school would be more qualified than what we have in the governor's office in California right mm-hmm. now. Because we have... 
uh, Gavin Newsom. And I thought this, I came across this video the, the other day and I think you really have to watch this. How did Gavin Newsom ever get elected? Have a look at this video of Adam Carolla questioning Gavin Newsom about his own talking points, right? So let's watch that video. It's, it's, it'd be sad if it wasn't so funny. Let's watch it. Half of African-Americans in the state of California, roughly half of Latino families, have no access to a checking account or an ATM, things we take for granted. They don't have a check. What's account. wrong with them? And what, but what, well, because they don't, they don't have the resources to sock those things away. Well, why do we have them? Uh, a lot of different reasons, but, but roughly half those families don't. Where do they why end do up? Armenians have them? But where they end up is why? in check-cashing places. But I want to know why those groups, why events. those two groups don't have access. Well, a lot of, it just happens to be that. We can so talk about flawed? This. No, they're hardly flawed, but they're struggling. Genetics are making flawed. their work. Hardly. Not ab- absolutely but, Okay, not. so but absolutely do Asians not. have this problem? I mean, it, a lot of communities have A lot of whites have these problems. Oh, but so I just, that's not just black and Hispanic. No, but, it, but, but I'm why giving you bring it up black and Hispanic? Because the magnitude is ominous. But why so many of them? It just happens to be the just magnitude. just the way God planned it? Not at all. Well, it what just, happened to them? There are a lot of issues and with it, that the communities are struggling. A lot why of new are they immigrants, struggling? A lot of, a lot of different reasons. Lack Hispanics of opportunity. Have been here. Blacks have been here longer than we've been here. Well, we we can we can surmise. What all about of it. Asians? They were put in internment camps. Yeah, we in fact it all initiated out at San Francisco, and all the right. Chinese Exclusion Act came so out. So they are they the check cats? Are they the check cats? A lot of lot of Asians certainly do. Oh, so why don't you why don't you conclude because them? The only reason why is the magnitude. Well, there's of the so problem. many more. The magnitude and percentage. But there's terms no way to figure out how that happened. Africa. We could talk about it. You know what I'm dealing with? I don't want to have a sociological debate. Sure, why deal would you? Have, no. no, here's why. Why would you want to do that? Because the person from the Times wouldn't write good things about oh, you if God. you did that. No, no, that's not the case because I want to deal with reality. You want to deal with reality. I want to deal with reality of people is. that are struggling, people are suffering. I want to deal with the problems in why a pragmatic Why are they struggling way. and I don't suffering? Want an idea. We can hold hands and surmise about all these underlying why are they, I don't want to do that. I want to know why they're struggling. Why are they struggling? A lot of folks are struggling because they can't find jobs. Because they're working. Why blacks and Hispanics? Across the board. Why? Okay, so everybody, everybody's struggling. So uh, Asians are suffering uh, just as much as blacks. Um, the, the, the face of welfare is not an African American family. Oh, so, so, so it's, it's Asian, Jewish, it's all of them. Uh, Caucasian, it's okay, a lot of so folks we're all in struggling. society. A lot of folks are struggling. Okay. I mean, the thing that strikes me about that video is he's not even fluent in no. liberal talking points. Yes. Exactly. That's the point. I mean, there is an answer. I think there's a liberal answer that I can't. Systemic. You can't even say the word systemic racism, which would have been a good enough answer. And, and it shuts down all debate because you can't argue with system. He, he, he's not even capable of saying two words that he doesn't know the meaning of. But he, he, but he despite that, he became the governor of, of California. And I think what's amazing to me is a lot of people are focused on the French laundry. And I get it. And I understand that the hypocrisy of him attending, going to the French laundry and eating indoors and not wearing a mask and not socialising. When he was distancing. telling everyone else to eat indoors and, and to wear a mask Correct. and not to socialise. That's not my biggest problem with Gavin Newsom. My biggest problem with Gavin Newsom is that billions of dollars of taxpayers' money, people that work their asses off um, and are paying taxes in California, like ourselves, by the way, um, that that money was sent uh, to criminals in prison and to criminal enterprises, billions and billions of dollars yeah. in these PP, what is it, PPE, what do you call them? PPP in loans. These PPP loans and in these unemployment um, uh, benefits claims. and be- uh, impl- unemployment claims that were made fraudulently and that he presided over that so don't be telling me anybody that we're we've got where we know a grown-up is in charge of california 
Anyone will be better. And yeah. we're watching that very closely. And it's coming up just in a few days, by the way. The, I think the election film is before our next show. Actually, it's before our next show. So we'll be bringing the results to you. Um, I think you'll have heard before that. But this could be an indication. This could be kind of a commentary, by the way, on the Biden administration, what happens here in this election. Because, you know, obviously Newsom is a big liberal and let's see what happens to him. But people have had to put up with an awful lot lately, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so we've come to the end of the show, but I have before we do that, I have to obviously do this fabulous recipe. I told you what happened in Costco with the tilapia. So I have been buying tilapia, I will be honest, and you, I get huge, huge um, container of tilapia in Costco. And it's, as I said, just slightly less than $5 a pound. And the cats, you know, eat, I would say eat a pound of it a week. So it takes me ages to go through the packet. And I know it's naughty of me to give it to them. But I do think it's actually hardwired into the DNA of a, of a tabby cat to eat raw fish. He, he's, he, knows, he, uh, he, he knows I'm talking about him. He's looking over me now. But anyway, let's tell you how to do this. So this is very easy. Um, I'm calling it tilapia murnier. And I'm sure I'm saying that incorrectly. Oh, by the way, I was also people. If you look at the YouTube comments, remember I was saying it's really weird the way gubernatorial is. Oh, gubernatorial. No, I, I was saying gub, gub. It should be governatorial, but they were saying, but it's spelled gubernatorial. And they're going, everyone's telling me, no, it's actually pronounced gubernatorial. That's one of the comments of, of the YouTube. Well, thank you very much for that, um, for pointing that out to me. Gubernatorial. So we're going to have a gubernatorial. We're going to have a gubernatorial yes, runoff. So your, your tilapia menu there. Which I think you did really enjoy it, film. So basically, you need a half a cup of all-purpose flour. Salt and pepper, you, I just used four, just for the two of us, four flesh, fresh, flesh, four fresh tilapia fillets, um, three or four ounces each, six tablespoons of unsalted butter, one teaspoon of grated lemon zest, mm-hmm. six tablespoons of freshly squeezed lemon juice, and one tablespoon chopped up parsley. Mm-hmm. So basically, one, the first thing you want to do here is, and this is very important, you want to preheat your oven to 200 degrees, and that's going to be for your, you're going to be doing this in two batches, so you're going to be putting some of the fish into the oven, so you want the, the plates to be hot so put those two into the oven have them nice and heated um, and put in two and make sure you've got two oven oven proof dishes uh, dishes and i had luckily enough and then on a large plate uh, you put your flour and you add salt and pepper so basically you season your flour and then using kitchen paper you want to pat your tilapia fillets dry and then sprinkle one side with salt and just douse them in the in the seasoned flour, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Then yeah. heat the three tablespoons of butter. Three tablespoons of so, butter. So you, you put them in the flour. So you don't need anything to make them atta- the flour attached to the tilapia. No, no, it doesn't. No, As you can see, it just it yeah. just attaches very well. This is the trickiest part of this whole yes. menu, basically. And we were, you know, we did this for the first time, and I think we'll be more pro the next time. Yes. But allow it. At a very at a medium heat, allow your butter to melt and then brown. And when it's not browned, burned, not burned, when but it's, not clear either. It has to be brown. It has to be brown because it becomes chestnut flavored. It becomes gorgeously flavored. Then you want to put in your you want to drop in your your two of your tilapia fillets because yes. you'll do two at a time, and allow that and just cook that for two minutes. Turn it over, and then uh, when you turn it over, drop in your uh, lemon zest, your uh, half of the lemon juice mm-hmm. and reduce that temperature down and cook it for another two minutes. Then take them off, put them onto the hot plate, pour the sauce on top of them and put that back in the oven and do the same with the second one. Yes. Take that out and just sprinkle with your parsley and serve that. You'll see what I did. I served it with potatoes that have been cooked in bacon and some carrots and mm. a, a few peas. And honestly, really, really nice, really fast. You talk about Delicious. fast food. You couldn't... 
make a faster meal. And as I said, the only thing that you need to be careful with, and I, I don't know, I just really watch your butter. Don't let the butter burn. And if it does burn, throw it out. But don't don't let it not brown either. We put some tilapia. We did a little yeah, test Yeah, we, we did a little mistake. And we put a tilapia and it hadn't browned. And you just end very uncooked. Anemic looking. But also undercooked and anemic tilapia. Well, it does. It, it is cooked, by the way, because it takes so little. I mean, you, yeah. it, it, if, it, if that tilapia even looks at a flame, it's going to be cooked It'll because it's very, yeah. very thin. That's us for this week. Um, and um, we are hoping that you had a fabulous um, Labor Day weekend. Uh, looking forward to um, next week and hopefully a change in the leadership in California. I would suspect that Amazon package is a piece of Palmerston, Lord Palmerston memorabilia. We which can talk about Lord Palmerston memorabilia. Lord Palmerston, uh, the greatest English uh, we'll talk about politician today. of the 1800s. And he'll be more uh, significant. Tr- Trump, Trump of the day. Trump, Trump of his day. And he'll, we'll have a whole reason for talking about him soon. Hopefully. Hopefully. All right. Enough of that. Thank you so much. Bye. All the best. Bye. Hey.